Hello, you guys. Joseph Lane here, and welcome back to the 1% More Podcast. I am your host, and today is a very, very important episode, in my opinion, because I want to talk about adversity, overcoming adversity, obstacles, um, the reality of failure, and the fact that it's okay to fail, and quite frankly, you are going to fail on the path to success. So that's a lot. There's a lot to unbox there. Um, For perspective, it's November 8th. I leave for New York City tomorrow at 5 in the morning. The plane leaves, I think, at 7. It's 3 p.m. I'm still at the office. I still have to go home and pack. But I wanted to hop on real quick and talk about this subject because I know everyone wants to put their success on a pedestal and they want to kind of hide the failure. I'm um, an example of this. Everyone does it. We all want to post, especially social media, success, success, success. Everything is going great, Um, but what about failure? What about overcoming obstacles? What about growth? And these are realities that we encounter on the path to success. I would be lying if I said everything was perfect 100% of the time. I didn't struggle. I didn't fail because we all fail. And the reason I want to bring that up today and kind of make that the topic, adversity, overcoming adversity, it's what's necessary in order to achieve your goals and, you know, get to where you want to be. A lot of people don't like talking about their failures and they want to only talk about how great they are and all the good things that they do. But um, I have a few stories I actually want to share today that are going to prove to you that it's okay to fail. And as long as you're learning from it, it's not a waste. Um, I always say there's there's no such thing as wins and losses. There's wins and then there's learning experiences. So as long as you dissect and analyze your failure and use that to grow, you're on the right track. Um, so just getting right into it, for those of you who don't know, I'm a realtor, I'm a loan officer, I've been doing this for about a year now, and just like anything, anything new, there's a learning curve, there's a lot of um, education, there's a lot of adversity, there's a lot of stuff you have to overcome because there is other people that have been doing it a lot longer than you, there's people that know more than you, so it forces you to work harder, it forces you to be creative and it forces you to fail and it forces you to overcome those failures and to grow and that's just part of life but I do have a few stories that I wanted to go over that kind of prove to you guys the fact that failure is inevitable and it's okay I keep using the word failure I feel like I've said it a million times but I want to start using that words in this episode just to put it out there people think it's like a forbidden word But um, I just want to keep saying it because I want it to be normalized, right? It's okay to fail as long as you're growing like I previously mentioned. So without further ado, let me jump right into it. I have a couple stories off the top of my head that I can think of. Um, One of them, I'll start off with my first listing experience. So for those of you who aren't realtors and those of you who are, you'll understand your main goal in real estate is to get listings. You know, everyone wants to have listings. It's a lot easier than you know having a lot of buyers. Buyers are great, but when you have a listing, you just market the property. People come to you, especially in today's seller market, and it's pretty much a guaranteed sale. So you all want to get a listing when you're a realtor. That's kind of like a big um, moment, especially when it's your first one. And I, I host a lot of open houses, for those of you who don't know. It's kind of a weekly thing for me, and that's what I found works for me. That's a great way that I meet people. So I was at an open house probably back in July and I was just doing my usual thing, hosting the open house um, and neighbors were coming through. I was in 
Otay Ranch. And I was set up there for, I think, Saturday and Sunday. And a few neighbors came through. I was talking them up. One particular um, family was considering potentially selling their property because they wanted to move to a larger home. They had a two-bedroom, and they had two kids that were growing, and they're going to want their own rooms, want some more privacy. So I kind of had that conversation with them, kind of just set up the idea that, hey, well, you've lived here for five years. You probably have a good amount of equity in your property. Let's talk about potentially selling your home. Let's see how much you can net, and we'll use that money as a down payment on your next home. We'll get you a larger home that your family can grow in. And like all things in life, and especially real estate, nothing really happened. A few months went by and just following up, following up. And eventually she gave me a call, the wife in this situation. And she's like, hey, Joseph, we thought about it. I think we're going to consider potentially selling our property. We're just curious how much money we can get. And I said, okay, fantastic. So um, on the phone, I was just very calm and collected with them. But of course, the minute I got off the phone, I was freaking out. I was super excited. I still remember. I was ecstatic. I was actually... I believe it was a Saturday. It was on September 11th of this year. And I was hosting another open house in the Millennia in Chula Vista. And I just remembered I was so excited. And um, I called her back. She left me a voicemail. And I said, that's amazing. I would love to, you know, talk to you and your husband. Let me, um, I can actually come today. You know, I can come by today. And she, um, I got a hold of her and she's like, oh, that's great. Yeah, come today. I finished the open house at three o'clock. I rushed straight back to my office. I pulled the comparables. I prepared my listing package. I pulled a property profile, a net sheet, all the tools that I needed to have my first successful listing appointment. I remember the feeling driving over to the property. I was so excited. Um, And I met with them. They gave me a tour of their home. I gave them my opinion on, you know, based on the comparables, I think, you know, I can definitely get you this amount. Um, I think we could shoot for this amount based on these two different amounts, kind of like what I could guarantee conservatively. And then what I'm shooting for, this is how much you would net over $100,000. Keep in mind after all fees were paid, after their uh, balance on their current mortgage was paid, these people just living here for three to four years were going to walk away with over $100,000 in their pocket. They were excited. I was excited. We were all excited. I got the listing agreement signed, my very first listing agreement. So I was super psyched about that. I remember to this day, um, after that appointment, I went straight downtown to view some high-rise condos. I have another international client that I was preparing for him to come in to view property. So I went straight down there. I was with my dad. We were touring a couple high rises and I just remember the feeling of just success and being so excited. I got my first listing. You know, this is, I was four months in at the time, I believe into real estate. And I was like, yes, I got a listing. It's so exciting. So I started to prepare. I paid, I think over $600 for all the listing, um, for all the marketing, for the listing photos, the videos, we did a 3d tour drone footage. Um, I even went to the store, TJ Maxx, and I paid like $400 worth of decorations to help stage the property and get everything prepared for um, sale. I wanted everything to look perfect. This is my first time. I wanted it to be the best it could possibly be and kind of set the standard, so to speak, for how I'm going to handle these situations in the future. So I did all that. We got the listing photos. We put the home on the market. I scheduled open houses. Um, we did all of the right things to kind of prep the property. And then, um, at the same time, keep in mind when someone's selling their house, as I mentioned before, they're looking to move into another house. I was coordinating showings. I was showing this family, all these different properties based on their budget and the inventory. Um, and the way the market is, there's a very slim, um, 
amount of homes available. So I showed them all the properties I could. I found a property. I actually got their offer accepted on a property. So all the logistics were panning out in my favor. I had their home listed and I let them know, hey, well, if we're going to submit an offer on this property, which is, you know, the price was $100,000 less than other homes in the area that they didn't even like as much. So I was like, this is a clear winner. This is what I recommend. Let's put in an offer. But hey, in order to submit an offer and make it contingent on the sale of your current home, which means in order to buy this new home, we need to sell your current one. Well, we need to sell your current one. So we got the house on the market. After just um, two days on the market, we got two offers, um, same price, two great offers. And I um, kind of presented the offers to them. They picked the one that they thought would be best. And we just proceeded like that. And then the um, everything was great. I was super excited. I'm like, well, great. I'm going to have my first listing. I'm going to have my first buyer. And then next thing you know, uh, the deal fell through. And as simple as that, I just lost the listing. I lost the buyers. Um, to this day, I don't know exactly what happened. I have a pretty good idea. Um, based on the way that they started messaging me the next week, they said they were you know, no longer interested in proceeding. They weren't happy with the representation. And um, now that I kind of analyze the situation and look back on it with um, some of my mentors and people who have been in the business a lot longer, it is clear now that based on their verbiage and the way that they were emailing me, they wanted a loophole, like they wanted a way to get out of the contract. And um, they essentially canceled without getting into too much detail. They canceled the deal. I already invested all my money in the marketing, all my time. And just like that, um, they canceled. And a few weeks later, they relisted their property with another agent. So just putting two and two together, I imagine, um, I don't know if they knew this other agent or they came across them and they said that they would you know, cut their commission. Who knows what the case may be? I don't like to dwell on the past. But uh, my point is from this story, you go from these highest of highs to the lowest of lows in a matter of seconds. I was completely blindsided by the situation. I was expecting this to be my first listing. I was expecting this to be you know, another buyer. Um, and I was super excited. I was excited for them and their family. I found them a home they liked. I got them um, the offer that they accepted. It was the highest price that sold in their neighborhood. It was a record. And just like that, um, they canceled and all of it was for naught. It just evaporated in front of my own eyes. And that was my first wake-up call to the industry and just realizing, hey, it's not all rainbows all the time. Not, not everything works out 100% of the time. And I would be lying to you guys if I said I you know, held my head up high and went on with my business because that's not the case. I was kind of down for at least a week, maybe a week and a half, I was kind of going through the motions. I was still kind of doing my day-to-day -day work, but my heart wasn't in it. My head wasn't in the right place. Um, I was just devastated. I was upset. I was frustrated. I thought, you know, victim mentality. Why is this happening to me? What could I have done differently? Like, why me? Why me? What did I do wrong? You know, how could I have avoided this? And the biggest lesson I learned from the situation is, well, first of all, you can't control everything. There's a lot of inevitables. There's a lot of things that happen that are out of your control. You need to learn to let these negative situations roll off your shoulders because once you let it affect your mindset, the minute they canceled, the deal was canceled. But the fact that I chose to let it affect me for another week, week and a half, imagine how many more deals I could have gotten or more people I could have met in that week and a half. But instead, my mindset, my attitude was down in the drains. And it's like that prevented me from moving forward and 
everyone knows when you're upset, when you're frustrated, it clouds your judgment. And I was no exception. My judgment was definitely clouded. I didn't really want to work. I just felt so just down. But it wasn't until I was able to rebound from that and analyze kind of the situation and where I went wrong and also accepting the fact that some things just happened because they happened and it was out of my control. But analyzing the situation and moving forward, it wasn't until then that I was able to say, okay, well, you know, hey, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but this is what I need to do to bounce back. This is what I need to do to get back on track. And I'm very grateful for this experience. I'm very grateful for um, this story that I just shared because this was my first wake-up call. This was my first realization um, of something not really going my way. And I'm able to use this to grow. If business was perfect and nothing ever went wrong and I was succeeding, succeeding, making all this money, everything was perfect, that's not realistic. And eventually it would come to a situation where this might happen or something like this might happen. So being optimistic, I'm glad it happened early in my career. I'm glad I was able to learn from it. And I'm hoping I can avoid uh, the similar outcome in the future. But this is one example of a story. I'll go straight into another one. Um, Just today, actually, I had a client where I was looking to help them uh, buy a home. They have a more complicated um, loan. It's called a non-QM loan. So those take a little bit longer. But um, they already paid for their home inspection. They've already paid for their credit repair. This um, buyer invested a lot of money kind of into their transaction. And the listing agent, so the selling side, their buyers are, their, excuse me, their sellers were looking to move out of state. They were very um, time sensitive. And because our loan was taking a little bit longer to get through, they um, lost confidence kind of in the process and they started pressuring us to like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And even though we weren't even past our deadline, the fact that we weren't communicating and another thing that a lot of us are guilty of in the industry is like if you don't have an update, it's good. The right way to handle this would be to reach out and say, hey, I don't have an update. This is what we're working on. This is what's you know, this is when you can expect an update. Sometimes, um, although no news is good news, it's rare that people see it that way. So when you're not giving people updates and they're they panic. So that's kind of what happened here. The sellers were panicking. They were putting that panic on the listing agent. The listing agent was panicking. He was reaching out to me for an update. I didn't have an update. So I was kind of avoiding him a little bit. And, you know, that's never a good option. But I'm like, hey, I don't want to call him empty handed and say like, well, the update is there is no update. So I tried to kind of postpone as long as possible. Long story short, the sellers got kind of fed up. And even after we were able to move along with the financing and kind of get everything squared away, it was too late and the relationship was shot. The trust wasn't there anymore and they decided to cancel. So now I'm in a situation where I have to go to my buyers and say, hey, you've already paid for your inspection. You've already you know, got your offer accepted on this home. We're two weeks in and now the sellers want to cancel because we're a day late on our appraisal contingency, which means you know, that we needed the appraisal due by this day. We're a day late. I tried to reason with the um, other side to see if they can give us an extension, but they weren't interested. And why? Well, because of the lack of communication, the lack of trust, um, due to the lack of communication, they didn't want to reason with me and they canceled the deal. So this is another example of a learning experience. Um, now I know to be hyper communicative. If there's an update, if there's not an update, whatever's going on, now I know it's important to 
fully explain what's going on and be fully transparent. And it's not like we were trying to hide anything. It's just the fact that, well, there's no update. So why are we going to give an update when there's no update? Well, some people want to know that, hey, the update today is that there is no update and they feel confident and they feel comfortable knowing, hey, well, at least we're kept in the loop. So this is another example, another story. Um, these are real life stories, you guys, of another deal I lost today because of my lack of communication. And notice I say my lack of communication, my mistake, my whatever, because I take full responsibility for my actions. I take full accountability and I like to stay optimistic. And like I said, there's no such thing as wins and losses. It's wins and learning experiences. So as long as I can dissect this uh, situation and make sure it doesn't happen again, it's all about not repeating your mistakes. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not a robot. I have my moments where I feel down. Um, I feel, you know, a little negative. And that's why it's so important to be surrounded by people that can lift you up and mentors and friends. And I'm in a really good environment. My coworkers, um, they help keep me positive. Uh, Chris Dietz, shout out to him. I was talking to him about this situation this morning and he really got my mind right. Um, and he was just telling me, you know, hey, look, can you go back and change the past? No, I can't, Chris. Okay, so why are you worrying about the past? Uh, well, uh, well, because um, exactly like Joseph, don't worry about the past. Okay, understood. Well, I'm still feeling a little down. Yeah, Joseph, you're going to feel a little down. You just lost your deal. I'm like, yeah, so what now? He's like, well, analyze the situation, learn from it. And do not let it happen again. As long as you're learning, you're on the right track. But stay focused and focus on the future. Don't focus on the past because you can't change the past. And that's another great piece of advice I hope to convey to you guys. Um, focus on what you can control. Don't focus on what you can't. So instead of saying, oh, I'm a failure. Oh, I messed up. Man, I feel so bad for myself. This sucks. It's like, yeah, it sucks. But guess what? Sometimes when you mess up and you learn from it, that's more valuable than if things were to go smoothly. So I'm trying to take that, um, keep that in mind as I move forward throughout my day and throughout the coming weeks. And this is just two examples, you guys, of hundreds um, of failures that we encounter, that I've encountered, not just through business. It could be friendships. It could be other things. I'll do one more quick story um, that has nothing to do with business. This has, well, it kind of does, but everything, everything ties into business, you guys, at least for me, at least where I'm at right now, but about friendships. And just knowing that, you know, not everything is going to be perfect. Um, I know this episode is about overcoming adversity and I like to consider it not just, you know, adversity, but overcoming obstacles in general, because there's going to be times in life where in relationships and friendships, um, you know, you have breakdowns in communication. Communication is a big um, topic, as you can tell in this episode. But um, I had another situation recently where a good friend of mine, we had a little, um, I don't want to say an argument. It wasn't an argument. I made a mistake. I had a lapse of judgment. Um, I wasn't being very self-aware of a certain situation and it caused me to act a certain way. Of course, I have no bad intention. I would never intentionally try to upset my friend. But one thing I have to remind myself is it doesn't matter what your intentions are. Um, it's the outcome or the result that's important. So even though I didn't do it on purpose, at the end of the day, this person felt um, upset and frustrated by my actions. Uh, luckily, I was able to identify kind of what I did wrong and apologize and take responsibility for the situation. Um, and I think that's always the first step to anything is being able to accept and acknowledge the fact that, hey, I made a mistake. Um, you know, I'm aware of it. If you're not aware of what you did, you can't recover from it. You can't learn. So until you analyze the situation 
and accept um, blame and you accept responsibility, you're never going to learn. So that was one good thing about this situation. I was able to quickly accept um, my uh, accountability for my actions and kind of what I did wrong. I was able to apologize. But another thing, the point I'm getting at here is things take time. You know, people forgive at a different pace. People, um, everyone's on their own timeline. So just because I apologize and I say, okay, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. Okay. We're good now. Right. We're good. We're good. Right. We're good. Like it doesn't always work like that. You have to be considerate of the other person and their feelings as well. And I guess this kind of ties into patience. So, I'm in a position now where it's like, well, I've already apologized to this person, but um, maybe they need a few more days. Maybe they need a few weeks. I don't know what the case may be. So it's about being patient. You can't force um, someone else's timeline. You have to be respectful and mindful. And I have to just be okay with the fact that, you know, hey, I made a mistake. I acknowledge my mistake. I apologize for it. Um, just like the past two stories I said, you need to learn from it and make sure it doesn't happen again. So as long as I can learn from this and, you know, move forward and know that it won't happen again, I have to be at peace knowing, Hey, um, I'm sure this person will come around in the future, but in the meantime, I need to be respectful of their boundaries and of their, um, space and all things are with due time. I believe everything happens for a reason. Everything happens, um, at the time that it should happen. So long story short, you guys, this is getting, you know, a little bit past 21 minutes now. Um, I wanted to give three real life examples that have happened to me all within the past couple months of just um, failure and just situations that weren't ideal because I think it's important to be real and I think it's important to come on here and say, hey, I don't know what you decipher from my social media or what I put out there, but it's not all flowers and rainbows all the time. Nothing is always perfect. Um, I'm a perfect example of someone who has obstacles and as long as you keep pushing and you overcome your obstacles, it's okay to fail. It's okay to fall down as long as you get back up. And one thing I'm still working on is when you mess up, keep your head high. You know, I'm really hard on myself. I'm sure a lot of people can relate, but I'm one of my worst critics and I need to learn to adapt and learn, overcome and keep going. At the end of the day, as long as you keep pushing, as long as you're trying every day to become better, it all comes back to that 1% more every day. If you can give 1% more every day, whether that's in business, with your relationships, with your family, with your friends, whether it's with your fitness, whether it's with whatever the case may be, if you can push yourself to go 1% more and be 1% better every single day, you will be on the path to success. So remember, adversity is necessary to grow. Failure is necessary to grow. Wins and learning experiences, not wins and losses. So if you guys remember that and just know that as you're going through life, if you're not failing, if you're not making mistakes, then you're not thinking big enough. You need to push yourself out of your comfort zone. You need to make sure you're growing. And if you push yourself out of your comfort zone, if you do something you wouldn't usually do, if you try something new and you fail, at least you tried. Because if you didn't put in that effort, so what? Would you rather not fail ever in your little bubble? Or would you rather push your bubble and expand your bubble? And even though you're failing, you're still expanding. So keep that in mind, you guys. Always push yourself. Do not be afraid of adversity. Go 1% more every day and you will be on the path to success. I know this episode was a little sporadic. It was kind of all over the place. This is not scripted. This is as real as it gets. I opened up my laptop. I set up my microphone. Oh, that's another thing. Quick uh, plug. My mom got me this new microphone, Blue Yeti. So this is my first time using the new mic. I hope the sound quality is a lot better. I know some past episodes had a little um, 
shaky sound quality and some background noise. So I'm hoping this is going to help improve um, my podcast for the future. But yeah, this is super last minute, you guys. This is as real as it gets. I didn't script this. I didn't write any talking points or notes today. I wanted to hop on here and just be honest and truthful that life happens and life is going to happen. So don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of adversity. Keep pushing. Um, Make it a good rest of 2021. I believe we have 54 days left in the year. So keep going strong and yourself in 2022 will thank you. Thank you so much, you guys. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Although I'll be in New York uh, for the next week, I still uh, plan on posting another episode next Monday. So stay tuned for that and I will see you guys soon. Take care. Go 1% more.